Hello, Beulah's anime YouTube personality Roots of Justice here with an important PSA about the dangers of the latest internet challenge, the Asta Scream Challenge. For the past several weeks, kids have... Wait, that's not a real thing? Then what did I... Oh... They know that's a laundry detergent, right? Like, how did I even get Asta Scream from that? Alright, 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 what am I actually here for? Oh, okay, okay. Dub talk disclaimer. Yep, I, I, can, I can do that. Let's fire this up. Warning. The Dub Talk podcast contains language and situations that are not appropriate for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This episode also contains spoilers up to about episode 7 or 8 of Black Clover. So, if you haven't watched, I recommend doing so before watching this episode. And as always, opinions expressed are those of the individual participants and don't necessarily reflect Dub Talk as a whole. Now, if you excuse me, I gotta get training to be the, uh, the king of the pirate Hokage superhero whatever. You know, the, you know the drill. Welcome, one and all, fellow wizards. Warlocks and mages to a world where magic is everything. Today, enjoy the antics of this ragtag group of misfits, outcasts, and weirdos as we gradually grow together as a family to try and achieve the ultimate goal of becoming the Podcast King. Today, we're prepping our grimoire and our vocal cords to get ready to shout our heart out about the newest anime adaptation of a currently popular Shonen Jump anime, the rumored new king of Shonen, Black Clover. And Wait, Sh hold on. I thought, I was told this was going to be My Hero Academia. We already did that one, Roots. <laughs> You fool! You fought into my rules! I, mean, I thought we were covering the Queen of Shonen, but, they, but that doesn't have an anime yet. I'm sad. No, not yet. <laughs> not Promised Neverland yet. Okay. So, joining me tonight uh, are a fellow group of people, uh, the Roots of Justice. Hello there. Uh, our music meister, Amon. Hi, folks. Uh, good buddy with the sexy voice, Lack the Watcher. Hey, everybody. And my fellow uh, shonen shill himself, Jet. I gotta be the king of the pirates. I be the Hokage. I be the uh, uh, wizard king. Yeah, that's right, wizard king. <laughs> All right. Before we get into this, I feel it is best to come up with a synopsis for this show. And rather than looking at my anime list or Wikipedia, I decided from memory. Let's create my own summary for Black Clover. <clears throat> Our protagonist is an orphan who is a loud and rambunctious troublemaker with almost no powerful power in a world where power is everything, who wants to win the heart of his childhood crush and to overshadow his more powerful and dominating rival, who is also a bit sexier and more popular and edgy, in an effort to become the new respected hero and leader of the world. One day, his powers are revealed before him, and he is found to have an ability that cancels out all other abilities. Afterwards, he is then accepted into a guild-slash-team, meets a bunch of wild and eccentric misfits who bicker and fight, but are closer than family, a.k.a. Nakama, if you will take it, as they take on very 
Various quests, jobs, tournaments, hijinks, romances, powerful struggles, and gripping character developments. Believe it, bitch. Do every shonen ever. If I did, I'll... Okay, 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 so it sounded like you were talking about Naruto for a sec, then it became fairy tale, and then it just became every shonen ever. Well, that's the tone I'm getting for. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Black Clover. So, <clears throat> I would like to uh, start this off for a second and make a disclaimer. This has been a something that... We've been kind of alluding to for a while because uh, our good buddy Jet here is what we like to call not a fan, a.k.a. the anti-Black Clover person of our group. So as soon as we saw that this was getting an anime, I knew if this ever got a dub talk, you bet your ass we were bringing my boy Jet in here. Aren't you glad to be here, buddy? Yeah, I'm actually pretty okay with being here. Ah, uh, that's a, that's, that's, you're taking it like a champ. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. But before we actually get into the discussions for tonight, I do want to make a genuinely serious claimer. We, at least a couple of us, are not the biggest fans of the Black Clover anime as our tone and introductions may lead you to believe. We have our own personal op opinions of that, and we will discuss that more in final thoughts. But I would like to preface, our thoughts on the show and series as a whole will not impact or cloud our thoughts of the dub as a whole. We will be honest, fair, and open about this matter. Impartiality clause! <laughs> Yep, we, okay, we are professionals, professional morons. I don't know if impartiality works when we're still stating our opinion. So. It's hard. It's hard to say. It's we will be our okay. Will, okay, basically, we're just gonna separate the dub from the show. Simply put, well, as much as you possibly can. So <laughs> there's also a couple times where we might say things about the character or the show, but we will be positive about the actor and the English portrayal. So if, if you want a too long, don't read version of this podcast, it's, I like the voice of this character, but I don't like this character and this show, mumble, mumble, grumble, grumble, bitch, bitch, moan, moan, lather, rinse, repeat. And Sounds about right. Yep. Basically. And with that out of the way, let us begin. <laughs> that has been our incidental TLDR podcast for you all. <laughs> Thank you. I thought, I thought that would be, be nice to get out of the way because I do, I, ha I have been enjoying this dub, but I got a lot of beef with the show and the series. But I think it's time we get started with the people in charge of this dub. The ADR director and writer for this show. Did anybody have any predictions for who the director or writer on this project would be. Um, looking back, I think I said Alexis Tipton for the director. Reason being, she had directed a couple of fantasy shows beforehand. And I figured, hey, I mean, this is probably going to be a big show. She could always use that kind of big break, so why not? <laughs> All right, Roots? Um, I had Clifford Chapin. I kind of figured at some Makes point sense. he'd be getting his own shonen anime. And considering Promise Neverland is probably a ways out into the future and Dr. Stone and, like, the other shonen jump anime, um, 
I figured this would be his first main directorial role on a Shonen Jump property. And uh, as for scripts, Bonnie Clinkenbeard, because, you know, Crunchyroll is hyping this up to be the next Naruto, and I figured they'd try and get the, uh, try and get somebody who could, who could write more or less accurate to the Japanese and all that. To be fair, Crunchyroll is not wrong. Well, they <laughs> made it that way. Yeah. Marketing is a powerful tool. Yeah, uh, you literally could not escape this show's marketing. All right. So what about you, Lek? Um, well, I'm, you guys know me, I'm, I'm never, like, early enough to pr do real predictions, but if I had to make a guess, if somebody asked me, like, who do I think would direct the Black Butler dub, I would probably think it's going to be a Clinkin, uh, Colleen Clinkenbeard dub, probably, so. Alright, okay, uh, and I'm on. Uh, I also do not have any real, uh, director or writer predictions, because I'm very bad at them. <laughs> although, so, although, although, although I, I agree with Roots, Clifford does sound like a good guess for this. I'd say so, too. But I'll say this. I actually had a couple of these predictions that I lost the file of where I had these. You fool! But, which I know sounds unprofessional, but I'm borrowing um, predictions from a good buddy of ours, Megan. So, for this particular section, uh, uh, predictions for director were for Sonny Strait and Tyler Walker, and in regards to writing for Black Clover, J. Michael Tatum and Monica Rial, I'd say, in regards to the fact that they've all seemed to have a lot of uh, coincide with other shonen properties like Eld's Live and Fairy Tale. But the actual ADR director and writer on this project is Chris George and Bonnie Clinkenbeard. Chris George, you may have heard directing other projects as Monster Hunter Stories, Ride On, Soul Eater Not, Hyoka, D. Gray Man Hollow, and Snow White with the Red Hair. Uh, Bonnie Clinkenbeard, you may have heard uh, her writing in shows such as Dimension W, Jormungan, Soul Eater and Soul Eater Not, End Ride, and Hyoka. I'd say let's keep this to a bit of a roundtable since we've got a nice five-man podcast this time around for something as big as the next King of Shonen. Jet! Okay. All right, so I'm not going to lie. I was actually really, really impressed with the voice directed on this dub. I mean, because, I mean, a lot of the time with big Shonen properties when you're doing these kind of, like, popular characters and whatnot, it can sometimes take a little while for actors to, like, really get into their groove to kind of find out how they want to portray those characters, but this dub did not have that problem. Like, it felt like everyone got the character almost right away. The dub sounded really smooth, almost right from the beginning. It almost sounded like you would sort of expect this kind of dub to be at, like, episode 20 or something. So, like, the fact that it came out of the gate running this strong was really impressive. Uh, writing is also pretty good for the most part, I mean... As, as, I mean, like, as Roots was kind of alluding to, body clean and beard goes for high accuracy a lot of the time. And this is a popular shonen, so that's something you kind of want to aim for. So, I think things are good in that front as well. So, as far as direction and writing goes, this is like a real bang-up effort. I am very impressed. Alright. Roots? Okay, um... Honestly, I'm kind of glad Chris George is on this, considering... 
it was recently announced that this is going to be running for 51 episodes. I think somebody with experience with long runners is probably best for this. And considering he just worked on the 48 episode uh, Monster Hunter stories and the second story arc of the Grey Man, I think that was a good choice. Um, I like that Bonnie Clinkenbeard remained loyal to the Japanese subs while at the same time kind of getting a little loosey goosey with some of the dialogue to make it sound a little more bantery. I like banter and dubs. Yeah, and this definitely seems like a show where it's like they want to build the chemistry with the characters, especially once we get the Black Bulls into the picture. And I definitely think that's a good thing to add to it. Mm hmm. All right. Lack? Uh, the dub sounded fine to me. Um,. I'm, I'm trying to think of anything, like, insightful I can actually say here. Um, you know, it's... it's so, Shonen can be tricky. It can be a really tricky, like, um, subgenre kind of style of anime fighting shonen, shonen specifically. So, it, it can be really hard to get it right, and I think they do here. Um, yeah, I think it, the dialogue sounded fine. Um, I think it all... I think it all pretty much came together pretty well. So. All right. Uh, Amon? Uh, I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, I, I did not spend a lot of time watching the Japanese of this. I've only been watching the dub. And I've been enjoying the show enough that I'm starting to wonder how much of that is just born out of the fact that I really enjoy listening to this dub. Uh, just because I think it's really... Like, I agree. Like, it feels very, like these don't sound like the first two episodes or something. This sounds like something where everyone's already hit their groove and they know how they're playing these characters already. Uh, and I'm just very impressed by it on the whole. Like, it sounds very top-tier and professional. Like, they clearly, clearly put a lot of care and effort into this. I suspect because they're expecting this will make them a lot of money, so don't fuck it up. <laughs> All right. I, I don't disagree with you, but <laughs> I see where you're getting at with there. Uh, yeah, in regards to the direction, uh, I got to give... Chris George, major, major props. Everybody sounds pretty spectacular and great with the material they're given with. They get a lot of uh, expression and action stuff to work with, and I think that works really well. Uh, Bonnie does a good job adapting the material while also making some of the banter pretty adaptable and consistent and flowing. And all in all, I think the direction of the actors as well as the script are pretty solid and enjoyable i like it either way best of luck to you george chris george you're going to be here for at least another year don't forget you're here forever. forever don't forget <laughs> you're here forever yeah let's be honest he's probably going to be here forever <laughs> love you love you dude keep doing good stuff all right. Do it now. for her, the the nun, <laughs> I guess. Speaking speaking of doing it for the nun, let us move on to our next section of characters. First, this is going to be a scat a bit of a compilation of some of the more important one-off characters, but starting off, uh, let us go into uh Revchi who, at the end of the first episode, 
brought his evil, super-de-duper, spooky CGI chains to try and attack you know to, because he is the bestest and he's suspicious, yada, yada, yada. And then we have Nash, the single most important little orphan boy who speaks in exposition and talks about how magic is everything. He starts sweating every, every five minutes. He doesn't say, in this world, magic is everything. Uh, we've got High Priest... I don't know if he has a name. I just think he's high priest or father or something who is the priest of the church and Sister Lily, the the nun and caretaker of the church who is also the object and affection of Asta for many years leading to some weird stuff. But you know what? I'm not going to blame him. She's hot. Sue She is cute. She is very cute. Mm-hmm. So, uh, does anybody have any predictions for these characters? None whatsoever. I happen to have a couple. Uh, let's see here. Um, Nash was Terry Doty because I, honestly, I, I like her little boy voice. Um, let's see here. Sister Lily was Don Bennett. And, uh, oh, oh, I have a second one. Um, Natalie Hoover. Oh, I could see both of those working, yeah. Um, I don't have a reason down here for, for Don Bennett, but Natalie Hoover was because of um, Occubus Trip. I, I like her voice from Occubus Trip, and I thought that would fit the character. Um, let's see here. I thought I had one for the priest, but um, I, I'd probably say, like, R. Bruce Elliott. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Lack? Uh, not really. Uh, for Chain Guy, um, you know, I, I hope he's doing okay, but it would have been kind of fun to see, like, uh, Chris Aries maybe voice him. Mm. Yeah. That's going to be really interesting once we get to his actor. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, any, any oh. for the... Oh, see, I don't know who it is, but now you got me thinking I might know. Oh. All right, keep going, guys. Sorry. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm on. No. All right, and with that out of the way, uh, I could say who is voicing these characters. Uh, Revchi, the CG Chain Man, is voiced by Damon Mills. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Nash is voiced by Morgan Berry. Uh, our High Priest is voiced by Brian Mathis. And Sister Lily is voiced by Dawn Bennett. You may have heard of these, uh, starting down from where we started, uh, Damon Mills, you've heard in such projects as as Jugo from Nanbaka, Prince Schwan from Aka 13, Tanaka from One Piece Film Gold, Lane Brick from Eld Live, and Monaka from Dragon Ball Super. Morgan Barry, you've heard in such shows as Tokaku Azuma from Riddle Story of Devil, Young Hermes from Heroic Legend of Arslan, Young Nishiki Nishio from Tokyo Ghoul, Young Tiger Vermud Vorn from Lord Marks Marksman and Vanadis, and Hero 13 from My Hero Academia. High Priest Brian Mathis, you've heard in such shows as as Macau Conbolt from Fairy Tale, Mansum from Toriko, Bacchus from Rage of Bahamut Genesis, Fokker from Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, and Monkey D. Garp from One Piece. 
And as for Don Bennett, you've heard her in such shows as Misuku Sonokata from Elds Live, Kate Novak from Code Geass, Akito the Exiled, Esmeralda from Garo the Anima- Animation, Rico Flamel from Sky Wizards Academy, and Frosh from Fairy Tale, as well as in a couple other shows we won't be covering this season, such as the leading girl from Anime Gatteries and the cute Sundere Fox Girl from Konohana Kitan. So, let's start down the row again of what we all thought of. You want to start with uh, character roundtable or do it in all four? What do you think? Um, I think character roundtable might work well for the character roundtable as it is. Uh, Jet, what'd you think of Spooky Chain Man? Okay, uh, I thought Damon Mills sounded sounded really good. Like uh, he was clearly having a fun time with the character, and he made it sound as entertaining as he possibly could with that character. As for the character himself, I mean, he's, like, pretty much your standard starter villain, so I normally wouldn't have a problem with that, except that his motivation doesn't really make any kind of sense when you think about it. No. (laughs) Because he claims to be a guy who, like, enjoys seeking rare things. He finds a kid who has no magic, which who is apparently the only person in the world who cannot use magic. See, so, remember My Hero Academia? And he says, what a worthless find. It's like, how is that worthless? You found the only person in the world at magic. You figure he'd, he'd be going after that right away, but nope. It, nope. <laughs> it, it's like, remember My Hero Academia when it's like there was at least a statistic of how many people didn't have abilities? In this, Asa's just the only special snowflake. All right, salt aside. Uh, Roots, take my salt. All right, let's see here. Handshakers dude, what did I think of him? <laughs> Handshakers dude. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Search your feelings. Anyway, um, I really like David Mills' range. I, I like that once again, he's sort of one of those super punchable bad guys like he was in Tsukigaki Ray. And um, really, I don't have a lot to say because there's not much to his character other than just being a huge dick <laughs> whose motivations make like zero sense but as far as the way damon mills portrayed him i i really like it i i like sort of that that sort of lower voice oh <laughs> you know i'm 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 just gonna kick your ass because i feel like it kind of voice mm-hmm. lack uh no he sounded great uh the great thing about damon is you never really know it's him when you hear him no you don't yeah and, yeah, hats off to him. Um, yeah, I mean, he was playing generic first episode bad guy number 5,468, but he, you know, it's he played it with stride, and you gotta give it to him. Real talk, if I didn't tell you his name was Red Chi, Rev Chi, would you have known he had a name? Not a clue. I'd have just kept calling him Handshakers. <laughs> yeah, uh, ch- chain, chain Guy, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, no, wait, I got a perfect nickname! Chain Mills. Oh, oh no. Yeah, buddy. Chain Mills. That's my name from him from now on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to drive down to New, New Jersey and throw you in a snowbank, Andrew. I hope you know that. <laughs> I will deserve it. And I will make snowflakes. Now, I can remember that the first villain of Fairy Tale is Bore the Prominence. So. 
That tells you a little bit about the differences between fairy tale. <laughs> you, mean, you mean like that, the that fairy tale first... bothers to mention people's names? Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Fact, the voice of that first villain will be discussed later tonight. Hey. Um, but, uh, Amon, tell me what you think about chain mills. Uh, like Lax said, uh, I didn't realize it was Damon at first. Uh, and he has a lot of fun playing this one-off character who I imagine we will never, ever see again. Probably And had not. CGI chains. The most CGI ever. Anyways, uh, Damon Mills. This kid's got some fucking scary range every time I hear him. He sounds like he's having the time of his life, and he's such a slimy, evil shit in this role. It's great. Moving on to um, magic is everything. I'm sorry. I mean, Nash, I mean, magic is everything. Did you know magic is everything? Jet, did you know magic is everything in this world? Please tell us about how magic is everything in this world. Yes, magic is everything, and he does an okay job of saying magic is everything. I mean, I honestly forgot this kid existed, just like I forgot how a lot of these characters existed, honestly. But, <laughs> as, I mean... Sounds as, like a car commercial slogan. Yeah. Magic is everything. As, as, okay, as, I mean, credit words, too. I thought, I mean, I thought the whole thing between him and Asa was, like, a decent intent by the show to make Asa more likable, I guess. Except for the fact when he screamed into that kid's ear and, like, ruined his sense of hearing for life, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think it's a metaphor. I think it's a metaphor for the audience. You know what you're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, anyway, yeah, I thought the actor was fine. Like, I, I feel sorry for that kid. He's, he's never gonna be able to hear anything again. But yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, it's anime. Kids get it. Hey, hey. All right, Roots. Please continue to tell us about how this kid gets it. Well, first of all, apparently magic is everything. Good to know. I didn't know that. Thank you for telling me. And, um, magic is everything. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm, 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 I'm done kidding around. Um, ah, uh, jeez. Um, she was the young main character in 91 Days, right? I wa- I, if not 91 Days, literally pick every second or third show and she probably is somebody's little boy. Because, um... Like, I, I remember her as, like, the, the main character as a kid in 91 Days, and I, I really wasn't a fan of her voice back then, but she's really kind of developed <clears throat> that sort of, the, the, the little boy voice. It's, it's kind of hard to do without sounding too feminine, but I think she's starting to, starting to figure it out. All right. Uh, Lack? Uh, yeah, it sounded fine. As, if I'm being totally honest, some places it sounded a little too mature. I just... I don't know. It, it, in some areas, it was just, it was just like uh, I don't know if I totally buy this as a child's voice, but for what it was, it was fine. I get the character was supposed to be kind of smug and like mature, so it it overall worked. So, okay, uh, Amon, I don't really have a lot to add. Like, she's pretty good. This character doesn't have a lot to him. And I'll keep it simple and say that uh, Morgan Berry has a very good uh, child voice. I think she does a good job, and she has the most to do with this character for being a snot snotty little shit to actually kind of warming up and being proud of... Uh, I almost said not to. <laughs> not to go. Which, man, I straight up almost called him not to. 
because I'm thinking of him kind of like Romeo now, which is going to get even funnier when we talk about Brian Mathis as the priest, because uh, Romeo's father is Macau in fairy tale, and I thought that was a good segue. So, Jet, what did you think of Father O'Malley O'Connor O'Connorhan or uh, Father Priest? Father that, Priest. You talking about Padre? Padre. Okay, so I haven't really been able to distinguish Brian Mathis much until this season, mostly for his role in another show that we'll be covering. I, I, I mean, but I really like his voice, so I liked his performance here. I thought he did a good job of kind of making the father seem... I kind of seen both season and sort of like a doting parent, which was kind of nice. I mean, the character doesn't really have a whole lot to do, but Brian Mathis did a great job of making him stand out a little bit, I guess, so that was cool. All right. So, uh, Roots. Um, I, I like this sort of daddish voice. Um, I, I really thought the, the first scene of the first episode was pretty cute, too. Yeah, I thought that was pretty amusing. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, uh, like, I, I do kind of like his delivery of the, of the Astus sucks and, you know, is our only hope kind of joke. He's the savior of us all. Which is like, boy. Okay. Uh, never say you pick favorites, because, boy, you pick favorites. Uh, Lack? Uh, yeah, it was fine. Um, the character, I think... I mean, there, there's not that much to the character aside from the fact that he's supposed to be kind of a goofy dad character, and the voice was perfectly fine for him, and the performance was perfectly fine for him. So, you know. All right, Amon. Ah, uh, I liked him. He, he did. He, he was very, he was very dad-like, which I enjoyed. Um, which is appropriate given that he's his name is Father, because apparently they couldn't bother thinking of a father who. What fake European name should we give this priest? We don't need to. He's a priest. Who cares? He uh, might actually have a name. I just I mean, genuinely could I mean, I mean it. everywhere I've looked, including like the like fan Black Clover Wiki, he's just father. I don't think he has one. Okay, wow. so he really is. <laughs> the Damn. ladies call me daddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The Lord calls him daddy. Let's get it right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll be going to hell now. I'll be swarm down there. I'll meet you there, man. I'll meet you there. Oh, boy. Anyways. Oh, boy. Now that I've offended the audience. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty good. He was very like entertaining. Hardy would kill you if he was here. God damn it. We can right cut that out later. So. Uh, you like him. Yeah, no, he's good. I enjoyed him okay. very much. He was very entertaining. Um, Brian Mathis, he's good as the dad. He's kind of goofy, but he's kind of serious. He's got a lot of comedic stuff to do when he is on screen. But, yeah, he, he's he's a good uh, church daddy. But, personally, I'm looking more for a church mommy. So let's talk about Big Onechan's sister, Lily. So, boy, that was a fucking... <laughs> Look, she is cute. I, I, of all the shit I give, I'm going to give Asta. His taste isn't bad. He likes but, those unattainable women. Boy, <laughs> boy, that's... There, there's a... There's a... I'm sure Jet's going to get more into that conversation later, but let me just say before we move on, 
God damn, Don Bennett has some fucking impressive range. Yeah. He's got some damn impressive yeah. range. Jets, take it away. Okay, yeah, so as far as I've done, Bennett's performance goes. I mean, again, I thought it was pretty good for a character that isn't really old, that important in Grand Scheme things. As, as, I mean, Betsy did a good job of making the character sound as a safe as he possibly could. Uh, and then as far as the character herself goes, I mean, she, I mean, she's a cute nun, which is fine, but... Okay, anyway, but then you get into that whole ongoing gag, and I really just gotta ask. Someone needs to call child, child services on that nun, because... That is a problem. It's, okay, I mean, like, the whole, like, okay, she hits It's not her fault Asta's so horny. It's, 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 okay, it's, okay, here's the thing, like, I could buy, like, I could buy her, like, doing that after a while, but, like, she does that the very first time she meets him, when he's, like, six. Was that she in the manga, or did they add that? No, it, they added, I'm pretty sure they added that. Okay. A lot, of, a, lot of the, a lot of the stuff when they're real little kids was added, yeah. I'll blame Perot for that decision, because, I, I like, yeah, the angle that you did have her do that to a kid is like, yeah, what the fuck? Wait, what I got knocked down, but I Apparently, got up again. Yeah, you're okay. never gonna keep me down. Okay, okay, let's explain a thing. Lack, how many episodes have you seen? I saw the first two. Okay. In the third episode, there's a random flashback of when Asta and Yuno meet Sister Lily for the first time, and he's like a six-year-old kid, and the first thing he does is try and, like, hump her leg, and she immediately oh. retorts to, like, punching him with a goddamn water fist. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, Which, I mean, like, it is amazing she did not lose her job right then and there. But I mean, like, I yeah. ain't got time to get a ruler. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, I get well. I guess the father doesn't love his kids that much. <laughs> mm. Should I make it? Dare I say it? Look, the church, the rep, the reputation of the church and children isn't always quite so hand in hand. Okay, I'm done. I got it out of my system. Roots, what do you think of Lily? Uh, I thought she was cute, and then, uh, you know, then she she pulls out the water fist and beats Asta down. Honestly, that makes her more attractive to me. To be honest. Okay, I mean, I find her, her doing that to, like, 12-year-old Atta, but I mean, like, I'm not, I don't hate, I don't hate Atta that much, and I'm okay with him getting beaten down as a little kid. I don't hate uh, him that much. I kick ass for the Lord! I'll blame that on Pero. <laughs> Alright. The so penguin that. summons a water fist. <laughs> To hit the perverted child in the face. Uh, it's, uh, her performance is good. Uh, I, I like it a lot. I like that there's kind of a sweetness to her voice that still is underlining something a little bit darker <laughs> there. And I like the fact that in Bennett's performance, she kind of takes everything in Like, every everything that kind of happens around her, she kind of takes in stride. Um, if I cared enough, I'd probably say she's the most likable character. <laughs> but... I don't know. I mean, but the performance itself is fine. So. All right. As uh, Aban. Uh, no, I enjoyed her a lot. She was very, she was very sweet. Um, she was very, very funny. Um, you know, I don't know. She's she sold on why Asta would be infatuated with this woman for like going on a decade. It was it was a good performance. I liked it. All right, 
And as for me, uh, I really, really like Dawn Bennett's voice when it comes to Lily. It's very soft-spoken, but with enough, like, sass and action, but definitely a lot of personality there, and I really enjoy what she brings to the table. And I, I know I'm not going to see much more of this character, or I could be wrong, Pero and Filler are hand-in-hand, hand, but I genuinely enjoy Dawn Dawn Bennett, I like the role she's had this season. She's got to show her acting chops quite a bit. And I'd say, since this is still a shonen property, I can once again go on my campaign to say, Dawn Bennett for Caulifla. For Dragon Ball Super. Pretty, pretty, please. I need it. Also, I owe her pupper picks from uh, 8S. She, uh, oh yeah, you got to meet her, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm on an eye. I forgot true. about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm jealous. Ah, damn. That's cool, though. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Send her some puppers. Send her some puppers. Send her church puppers. Are there church puppers? I don't have pictures of my puppers in church, no. Are there Are there pictures of puppers wearing, like, priests or nun gowns? No. I mean, if, if you dig enough, if you dig enough, you'll find something. But if that's that is like a thing, I want I want you, fellow viewers, to please send them to me after you're done listening. But for now, the show must go on. And now it is time for us to talk about the Black Bulls, a proverbial group of misfits and fairy tale knockoffs that you will see not until episode six, in full at least. But first things first, I think we discuss. The three G's of the group. Gordon, Gouch, and Gray. Uh, Gordon is Diet Marilyn Manson, who always talks kind of like this, you know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Gouch is the, what is he, uh, Siscon, who carries around a picture of his adorable little sister and literally will not shut the fuck up about his adorable little baby sister. And Gray, he's covered in shadow and he's... Ugh. And to be honest, that's all we have to go on. So, does anybody have any predictions for these characters? I do, I do. See, I have predictions for two of them, actually. Uh, yeah, same uh, here. Alright, Jet? Okay, um, so let's see. For Gordon, I could not remember this character for the life of me, so I just looked at the character design and said, okay, let's go with Barry Andal. And uh, as for Ghosh, I said Justin Cook. Alright. Uh, Roots? Uh, yeah, I, um, let's see here. Um, Gordon, I had as Dave Trusco as kind of a, as, like, a rib jab at his role in Yuri on Ice. Uh, Gouch was Damon Mills because I went entirely on character design. And, like, I, I didn't even know about the Syscon thing until the episode. And, right. um, I didn't have one for the other guy. If it makes you feel any better, this character technically doesn't talk. Exactly. I'm, ca I'm counting him here since he does, as in regards to the uh, blog listing, has a voice actor listed. Um, so. Yeah, he didn't regards... have a say you listed, so I just didn't bother. Understandable. Um, um, Aban and Lack, I'm taking it you didn't have predictions for either of these? Uh, I did not. I did not, but I thought it would have been fun if they got Brian Warner to voice Gordon. Okay. Uh, Someone will get see. that joke and they will laugh! They will All laugh, right. damn it. 
Shoot for the moon. Um, anyways, uh, on the predictions, I'm borrowing from uh, Megan. Uh, she has Gordon down as either Dave Trosco or Micah Solusad. And Gouch, she has as Damon Mills or Justin Briner. So, as for the actual actors who are playing these characters, uh, Gordon... Actually, I'm gonna try reading these last names too, but I'm gonna I'm gonna botch these. Uh, Gordon Agrippa is voiced by Mark McFarland. Gouch Adla is voiced by Dave Trosco, and Gray is voiced by Jared Green. Uh, Gordon as uh, Mike McFarland, you've heard in such shows as Master Roshi from Dragon Ball Z, Buggy the Clown from One Piece, Carnage Kabuto from One Punch Man. Nab Lazaro from Fairy Tale and Masirao Ojiro from My Hero Academia. Uh, Dave Trosco, you've heard in such edge characters as Samuel from Attack on Titan, Tomoya Seo from Assassination Classroom, Itoya from Snow White with the Red Hair, Gurn Ichinose from Seraph of the End, and Present, yeah, Present Mike from My Hero Academia. Everybody say hey. And Jared Green, you've heard as such characters as Rock from Nanbaka, Kishward from Heroic Lesson of Arslan, Coco from Toriko, Cobra from Fairy Tale, and Hitoshi Shinsho from My Hero Academia. All of them have characters in My Hero Academia. That's great. There's not a lot to say about these characters as of this time, so let's go uh, quick for all three. Jet, what did you think of these three? Um, well, these three don't have a lot to do yet, and I only really remember this god guy because he has, like, an important thing later on where Asa actually does meet the sister, and, uh, that kind of plays into why I don't like Asa, but, okay, uh, but anyway, okay, but anyway, I thought these three sounded respectable for what we've heard of them so far. I mean, I mean, Mike McFarland's known a lot more for his voice direction than his acting, but he, I mean, but he's generally a pretty reliable actor, so he's pretty happy with how he's added here. And uh, same with what I heard of Dave Trosco, I think he'll be a good fit for this guy who is kind of annoying. And, um, okay, um, as far as Jared Green, I mean, well, I guess he's just, like, grunting and stuff, so he doesn't... But he does a darn good job of that, I guess. I he mean, is, I, in fact, breathing into a microphone. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, again, I honestly did not remember this character existed, like, literally at all. So, yeah. I mean, I kind of feel bad now, but, yeah. It's what it is. Uh, Roots. Yeah, um, can't really speak much for Gray. Because, you know, it's it's just mouth breathing for now. Probably for a while. Uh, let's see here. Can't really speak much to Gordon either, because he can barely hear what he says. And, um, I guess Gouch is really the only character you hear, and, um, I mean, he's he's alright. Again, not much to say about him, because his character for right now is, like, one-dimensional, but... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm interested to see where he goes in later episodes. I'm curious. Uh, Jet, uh, you're the... You are technically the Black Clover expert of this call right now. Uh, does he get more one or less one-dimensional? 
Um, okay, he gets less one-dimensional in that he grows to kind of sort of like Asta, because that's how you become quote-unquote less one-dimensional in this series. <laughs> so you have your quirk, and then you like Asta, and then you have another dimension. Got it. <laughs> Alright, uh, Lack? I didn't see this episode. Alright, moving on. <laughs> Amon! Uh, Jared does a very nice job. Uh, rumbling lowly into a microphone. Uh, Mike does a very good job mumbling in a way we can almost figure out what he's saying, but not really. And uh, I enjoyed Dave's kind of amped up Hayes Muse, sh- uh, Maze Hughes shenanigans. So that was nice. It's like it's like if Mace Hughes was updated. It's like, it's, like, it's like if Mace Hughes literally only ever talked about his daughter and did nothing else. No, 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 no. It's like it's literally if Mace Hughes was adapted into a light novel character. You see, I don't actually watch. I I'll believe you. I don't actually watch any of those. <laughs> like shows, I'm thinking about it. It's like okay, uh, sing, single dad uh, likes his kid, has a loving wife. That won't sell with the horny boys. Let's make him a teenager. Let's make him love his sister oh so much. Your logic is distressingly on point. <laughs> I've seen enough anime at this point to where I get this shit. Speaking of getting this shit, goddamn Marilyn Manson. I know that's a, that's a tired joke. That's all I can really work off of this character and that he mumbles good. Mike McFarlane does a lot of good mumbles and he's probably having a lot. Man, you can probably say whatever the fuck you want with that. So he's probably having fun with this. Um, Jared Green, here's <laughs> hoping you get to do more later. Um... But you're good right now, I think. As for, uh, Gauche. Or Gauche. I hate this guy already. Like, (laughs) man. It's like, I I thought he was like, at first I thought he was sisters with the next girl we're about to discuss in a little bit. I thought he was like Vanessa's brother. And he was talking about how, like, hot and amazing she was. But it's like, no, it's... It's his kid sister, which I'm not sure if that makes that better or worse. And regardless, Dave Trosco does a very good job uh, playing uh, Gauche or Gauche or Gochi or Gucci or I I don't know how to say his name. He does a good job as this character. He's probably going to have a lot of fun with it. I hope it's Gucci. It's not, but let's call it. uh, Dave, you've got Gucci. (laughs) Quote and print me on that. Alright, it's time for us to get to our next band of bulls. Or in this case, what is a female bull? It's a cow, right? Just a cow. Uh, Yeah, I think it's just a cow. Okay, I can at least say one of these cows has some pretty nice udders. Alright. So, next on Onyx Andrew. I'm, I'm worth, I know what I'm in for, and I'm ready for whatever comes my face. Com- comes my- <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Andrew. Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, God. I need, the I- top 10 2017 <laughs> Dub Talk moments. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that, 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 I did not mean for that to... Okay, well, I need to stuff my face with something else. Let's do it with some good sweets. Anyways, let's talk about Charmy, Vanessa, and Finroll. Uh, Charmy is a tiny little ladybug child who really, really, really loves to eat sweets. Uh, Vanessa is 
always drunk, always hungover, and always in lingerie. And Finral, he's 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 a he's a he's a pretty boy, and he <coughs> fucks with space time. That's what we got. So, did anybody have any predictions for these characters, Jeff? Okay, I did actually. Uh, okay, uh, for Finral, I went kind of lazy, and I said Micah Salasan, because I figured, hey, he'll probably be in this somewhere. <laughs> I mean, he'll probably be in this somewhere, and I don't think he should be one of the main characters, so I figured put him here. Um, as for Vanessa, I said Martha Harms because of Assassin Classroom. I, said, I mean, she did this ultimate thing pretty well with Jean, so I figured she'd be a good fit here. And then for Charmy, again, I went pretty lazy, and I said Monica Real because small loud child is Monica Real to a T, so. <laughs> fair, fair. Roots? <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see here. Uh, do 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 Uh, Finroll was Austin Tyndall. I, I can't remember the character design, so I couldn't really tell you why. Uh, uh he's, he's the other, he's, the, he's like less blonde and more orange. Yeah, no, he's like brown hair, I think. Okay, chestnut. Okay, yeah. uh, do do do. Uh, Vanessa was Jamie Markey, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Okay, and even, uh, I, even, even I wasn't that lazy. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? Um, I I also agree with Jed on Monica Rial. Uh, because honestly, I gave her a bit of a nickname. <clears throat> I, What's um, your nickname? I called her Snack Mom. Ah. Uh. You know what? I like that. I like that, Snack Mom. Alright, uh, Roots, uh, Lackadamon? Didn't see this episode. Didn't have any, uh, didn't have any, um, predictions. Cool. Anyways, uh, borrowing off of Megan's, uh, for Finroll, we've got, uh, Chris Wakehamp and Joel McDonald. I look at that character design, and I definitely could have seen, uh, Joel McDonald. Uh, for Vanessa, either Michelle Rojas or Caitlin Glass, I could definitely see a sultry, sultry older voice with Michelle Rojas for that, especially given uh, the, her character New Game always walked around in her panties when nobody was looking to. Um, and Charmy, uh, she had either Jill Harris or Sarah Wiedenheff for that high-pitched uh, big voices off of the tiny little child who can stuff it all in her face and devour it. Like, I'm not even meaning that sexually. I'm meaning that she's like Kirby. She's literally just Kirby. You know what? That's my name for her. Snack Mom Kirby. So, as for who is actually playing the parts of Finral, Vanessa, and Snack Mom Kirby, uh, Finral is played by Brandon McGinnis. Uh... Vanessa is played by Lydia Mackey, and Charmy is voiced by Sarah Wiedenheff. Uh, you might have heard these actors play it, such other parts as, let's see, Brandon McGinnis, you've heard him in such other shows as Corteo from 91 Days, Sonosuke Izayoi from Danganronpa 3, Merlane from The Heroic Legend of Arslan, Samon Goku from Nanbaka, and Atsuchi Toshiro from Token Ranbu Hanamaru. Uh, Lydia Mackey, you've heard her in such roles as 
Trisha Elric from the Full Metal Alchemist series, Madam Red from Black Butler, uh, Nanaba from Attack on Titan, uh, everyone's favorite character, Ultier Milkovich from Fairy Tale, and Boa Hancock from One Piece. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, she's she's got a resume in terms of showing and stuff. In regards to Sarah Wiedenheff, you've heard her in such roles as Madden Ginger from Fairy Tale, Monica from Heavy Object, Shihoru from Grimgar, Ashes, and Illusions, Yuki Kusakabe from Interviews with Monster Girls, and Toru from Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. So, Jet, what did you think of Finril, Charmy, and Vanessa? Okay, I'm sorry, I like blanked out for a second. Who did you say Finril once again? Uh, Finril is Brandon McGinnis. Okay. I mean, okay, uh, so as far as Brandon McGinnis goes, I mean, again, Finral doesn't have a lot to do here. In fact, Finral doesn't really have anything to, much to do until, like, the latest manga arc, which will probably take, like, two years to get to at this rate. But anyway, uh, okay, uh, but anyway, uh, Red, I thought Brandon did a pretty good job for what he has so far. He sounds like a pretty natural fit for the character. Uh, he, he does a good job of making the character sound like the sort of suave, pretty boy he kind of apparently wants everyone to think he is. Um, okay, as uh, far as Vanessa goes, I mean, Vanessa is just kind of a discount kata from Fairy Tale. Uh, I mean, <laughs> oh, damn. Okay, okay, okay. Someone, okay. Someone was going to say it. I might as well just get it out of the way. She's discount Kata. You know what? <laughs> Fair. Okay, what? Okay, okay, okay. Like, okay. Discount Kata is kind of me because that's a much harder character design than Kata, but that's basically all she really kind of has going for her. That, you're <laughs> right. Pretty much. On the other hand, Kana also. The fact that Kana has pants on. Means that she has an at- she has an outfit. <laughs> like the fact that Kana has pants on means that that is technically an outfit. I'm not even sure this is really just an outfit. I think this is just she went to bed and just she. I think she either sleeps in the nude or sleeps in the lingerie or something, and just is kind of like you know what, fuck it, I can do whatever. Yeah, and it, that's kind of what it is. Yep, okay, uh, but, okay, but anyway, I thought Liddy and Mackie sounded pretty fine for the character so far. I mean, I mean, again, the character won't have anything to do for, like, a good long while. I said, eh, but she seems like a good fit, so, I, so I'm so looking, guess, well, I don't know, I'd say if I'm looking forward to that, but uh, hopefully she'll do a good job with the character's material later down the line. Um, and then, okay, and then lastly, we have Charmy, who... Honestly, I only really remember she exists because she's, like, one of the few characters who, like... Okay, well, that gets into, like, really... It's, it's not, like, a big spoiler, but... Does she have a character arc? Okay, 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 no, okay, no, she doesn't have a character arc. She's just, like, one of the few... Well, yeah. Okay, okay, well, From what... You know what? I'll let you say it, or I'll say it. From what I hear, she's one of the few female characters who does not, in fact, crush on Asta. Yeah, she crushes on you, no one said. There you go. Don't tell me the well. name starts to. <laughs> Okay, oh, no, 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 that, oh no, the nun no, never shows no, up again. Yeah, the nun never shows up again. Oh, great. But, no, well, the only Here's the only bit of character to Asta's character just thrown right out the window. <laughs> okay, yes, yeah, the nun only ever exists as a gag, so... 
Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, okay. Anyway, that's why I remember Charmy exists. Uh, but anyway, I thought Sarah Weeden did a pretty good job of making the character sound like really quirky and energetic. And so, um, so I and it's actually was having a lot of fun with it. So I'm glad that worked out, and I hope she continues to uh, have a lot of fun with that character. All right, Roots. All right, let's see here. Uh, do I finally remember who Finral is. And, um, yeah, I, I like Brandis McInnes trying to play suave when really he isn't. Uh, let's see here. Do, do, do. Vanessa, yeah, I, I like what they're going for, but unfortunately there's not enough to the character to make a, a solid opinion just yet. And, um, I, I, I like, I like little bubbly voice. It's, it's really cute. I relate to this tiny little child babby thing that <laughs> wants to eat sweets all day long. And then it'll, she'll give you half. And actually and then she'll give you another half. Well, I mean, it's not shonen if there's not a daughter So, you know. Fair. Fair, fair. Alright. So, tell us about what you thought of the daughter the babu, and the uh, other two. Are you Lack. Me? I'm oh, right. I didn't say names. Lack, tell us what you thought of these. Oh, oh right. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Lack, tell us your opinions very quickly. You, you just said Lack again. Right, Lack, you have none. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you like them a lot, ex extraordinarily. Let's pretend. I'm on. Sure. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I enjoyed Charmy. I thought she was very like cute and bubbly. And I like, you know, I, li I like the whole bit where she's like, "Here, Asta, have half a cupcake, half quarter of a cupcake." Uh, it's some <laughs> good comedy. Um, Lydia plays a nice lush, and even though I recognize the character design, I don't actually recall seeing Finral on screen at all, despite having seen all the episodes that have come out. Um, Brandon McInnes has been good at other things. I've no reason to think he's bad in this. Sorry. I. That's totally, totally <laughs> fine. So, uh, okay, uh, Finral, Brandon sounds good, I also don't remember much about him or what he, he's about, um, Vanessa, Vanessa is hot, it's like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to gush about how she is the hottest, the, the strongest, the coolest, and the sexiest, it's just, she's hot, cool, I think Lydia Mackey does a good job with the sultry, sexy, also kind of slurred, drunk, hungover voice that she's trying to get for this character. I think it works very well. And Sarah Wiedenhef is a perfect fit for the tiny little high-pitched uh, Charmy. And yeah, she's funny. I would watch more of her. Like, I I, I guess the fact that I, I don't see many characters compared to Fairy Tale for Charmy, then I see the fact that Vanessa is clearly just... Kanta, Kana without the pants on is it, like I didn't realize that till you brought it up but you're totally right but yeah uh, I liked the performances of all three of these and with that it's time for us to go to the next three members of the Black Bulls uh, the other two members as well as the leader of the entire team guild group captain captain seven captain. deadly sins no. He he is he is the leader of of the faction. It's like I I genuinely was like, wait, is he the captain? Okay, so it's not a fairy tale thing. It's a bleach thing. Okay, so 
now that I'm done dawdling, uh, it's time for us to discuss Luck Volta, Magna Swing, and Captain Yami Tsukihiro. Uh, who did you Those have? Those aren't real names. They are. They, they are, are real names. <laughs> they are in black fucking clover, man. Uh, All right, so, uh, Jet, did you have any predictions for Luck, Magna, and Yami? Okay, I didn't actually write down one for Yami, but I probably would have said David Wald. Um, as for Magna, I said Jacob Browning because I figured this was going to be like a black... Because I know it's like a very loud character, and I figured it should go to someone who isn't that well known, so that's why I threw him in. And uh, for Luck, and for Luck, I said Justin Brider because I remember Luck was like the crazy one, and Justin Brider does crazy pretty well, so why not? <laughs> oh, he's crazy. That's gonna be fun. All right, uh, Roots. All right, let's see here. I did. Um, I I went the same way with Jet with Yami as David Wald. Uh, do 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 do. Magnus Swing is kind of an interesting one. I um. For those of you not aware, I do all of my character predictions based on the character design, like months, months before the uh, the show actually premieres. So um, I had Jared Green. I didn't know he would actually be like this super loudmouth. Yeah, he's very, very loudmouth kind of character. And uh, luck, I had Greg Ayers again, not really knowing his, <clears throat> not knowing the character's personality. I, I went entirely based on the uh, based on the character design, and that just kind of Greg's voice just kind of sounded like something I would expect to come out of that character's mouth. That that is fair. Yeah, uh, mm. Let's see, Lacabon. Okay, passing you over. Um, okay, as for uh, I'll say this uh, for Megan, uh, she had uh, for Luck Volta, Brandon McGinnis, and Howard Wang. And for Magnus Wing, Josh Greeley, and Kyle Phillips. Not gonna lie, I think I might have also picked Magna for Josh Greeley, too. I just, that one I remember less. What I do remember exactly is for Yami, I did, in fact, weirdly enough, very similar to Megan, had predicted both David Wald and Ian Sinclair for Yami. I remember Ian Sinclair was specifically because Junichi Suabe is the voice of Yami. As for the actors who are, in fact, portraying these characters in English, uh, Luck Volta is played by Justin Briner, Magda Swing is being played by Ian Sinclair, and Captain Yami is being played by Christopher Sabat. Uh, Justin Briner, you've heard in such performances as Michaela Hyakuya from Seraph of the End, Quenther Barbatage from Heavy Object, Alfonso San Valiante from Garo the Animation, Monito from Grimgar Ashes and Illusions, and Izuku Deku Midoriya from My Hero Academia. <coughs> oh, better show. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Ian Sinclair, you've heard in such performances as Whis from Dragon Ball Super, Bardroy from Black Butler, Toriko from Toriko, Mezo Shoji from My Hero Academia, and Binx's Brew himself, Brook from One Piece. 
As for Christopher Sabat, let's fucking face it. You know who Christopher Sabat is. I can tell you that Christopher Sabat is the voice of Piccolo and Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z, Roranoa Zoro from One Piece, Elfman Strauss from Fairy Tail, and All Might from My Hero Academia. But let's face it, you probably knew it before I even said it. But I went ahead and did it anyway, because I'm a professional idiot. Now, Jet, what did you think of... Justin, Ian, and Chris as Luck, Magna, and Yami. Okay, well, so, okay, well, since Justin was who I picked for Luck, I was pretty happy with how he sounded. So, I mean, again, I didn't remember too much about Luck other than that he was supposed to be kind of like a little bit off kilter. So, and uh, Justin Browder does that pretty well. He does a great job of making the character sound energetic and just like a little bit creepy, which is kind of nice. Um, far as in Sinclair's Magna goes, and, and admittedly I was kind of weirded out by that casting choice because I figured Ian Sinclair was a little too old for the character, uh, but he makes it work just well enough by just making him sound as loud and energetic as possible, uh, so I think he just kind of gets the character across well enough that it doesn't really matter that it's a little bit too deep. And uh, as far as Chris Sabat as Yami goes, Honestly, it's Chris Sabat just being Chris Sabat, but Chris Sabat being Chris Sabat is always pretty good, so I don't really have too much to complain about here. I mean, it's typecasting to a T, but it works, so, yeah. Alright. Uh, technically, his, his, for Chris, it's typecasting to an R, since that would be Christopher R. Sabat. Speaking of R, Roots. Go. Okay, um, let's see here. Uh... What can I say about Chris Sabat's performance? It's, like Jed said, it's Chris Sabat. But I have to say, the script writing definitely gives it a boost. That really, <laughs> you really didn't need need the boost right there, but it helped. I, um, I was sold on him being just the blunt, oh, hey, I just took a dump, guys. Don't go in there kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty nice. Well, it's not nice when you're in there, because once you're in there, you're both smelling it and probably being stabbed profusely. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> and um, I I like Justin Briner's sort of, like Jet said, unhinged kind of, I want to fight everybody personality of uh, luck. And... He, reminds me a lot of, he reminds me a lot of Nico from Nanbaka, actually, now that I think about it. And Ian Sinclair as Magnus Wing is kind of interesting. I like it, but they kind of. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna admit that it in the Japanese version, Magna is like my second least favorite character because of his voice. Really? Like I haven't. I haven't heard him in Japanese, so I actually don't know. I dropped off after episode one for reasons. <laughs> he's he's about three quarters the shillin and. Uh, shrill and annoying as Asta. Shill. Oof. <laughs> so he's like, he is Aqua, Asta, I almost called him Aqua, he is Asta's equal in Sparta being <gasps> More like an Asta light, but the point still stands. He's your diet Asta beer. And, um, yeah, the dub tones him down a lot, and it's appreciated. So it's that decision in your mind is for the better. Yes. All right. Uh, Lack, 
You love all of these. You haven't heard of them yet, but you love all of these. Amon. Absolutely. That one guy, he's my favorite character now. Honestly, wow. honestly, we kid, you probably would like Yami. You're you're a manliness kind of anime dude. I think you'd True. enjoy Yami. Uh, Amon. Um... Uh, I enjoy I enjoy Justin Briner a lot. Uh, I always tend to forget he plays a lot of like amped up crazy people. I think it's because I first saw My Hero Academia. So even though he plays lots of crazy people, I forget about that. Uh, but it's always a delight because he's very good at it. Um, I was kind of impressed with Ian Sinclair just because I always feel like Ian Sinclair is one of those voices where like he can do adults and not a lot else because he sounds like a thirty year old man because he is because <laughs> he, he is a thirty he's just a thirty something year old man. Um, but I was depressed because I never, I was never like distracted by like, oh, he sounds way too old for this character. So like, I think he, he nailed that performance. And um, hey, you know what? Chris Savitt is really good at playing huge dudes with lots of muscles. And Yami's mm. a huge dude with lots of muscles. So as it turns out, he's good at it. Yeah, he is indeed. He is very, very good at it. Uh, <laughs> all right. As for me, I like Justin Briner, and I like him as a giant little psychoelectric Pikachu. I like that angle. And as for Ma Magnus Wing, I'm going to be honest. He's genuinely one of the only other characters I actually really enjoy right now. Maybe it's the fact that he actually brings out a level of charisma and fun in Asta without being too particularly obnoxious, or at least being better by comparison, I like the. I actually do enjoy the dynamic uh, he has with uh, Asta, and I will say I really like Ian Sinclair in this role because Ian Sinclair is a very versatile actor, and he really gets to have a lot of fun when he gets to go crazy. And this is a very crazy, hyperactive character. I think it works really well, even though I did pick him for Yami. But Christopher Sabat is very much in his element. I don't expect anything quite as impressive or as a showcase of his different voices and ranges quite like All Might because seriously All Might really impressed me with his with his versatility and performance as All Might god damn it I can gush about My Hero Academia but we're talking about Black Clover but I really I I do in fact uh enjoy Sabbath as Captain Yami and with that out of the way we've talked a lot about the rough crew of manly man and hyperactive boys. But let's move on to a more proper lady, if you will. Finally. Finally. Yep. <laughs> Jet's actual favorite character, maybe waifu as well, but his actual favorite character from Black Clover, Noel Silva. Noel Silva is a member of royalty who managed to get into the Black Bowls. Even though she has a lot of magical ability, she has no real way of controlling it. And she has to get used to keeping face and being like, I'm better than everyone else. Even though she's probably worse off than most people. Which, Jet, before I move on, you said something to me once. You said... Noelle should be the protagonist instead of Asta. Why is that? that, that okay, okay, I was gonna say that until we actually like got to the performance, but I guess I'll do that now. <laughs> I mean, okay, all right. So Noelle is my favorite character, Black Clover, and why may you ask that? I say this because she actually is a character. 
Okay, I mean, Kira at first glance, she comes off as acting pretty smug, but she only really acts that way in order to hide how worthy she actually feels on the inside between her inability to control her magic and the way her family treats her. I mean, like, it's not the most original backstory in the world, but it, but the story manages to give you a full grasp on her character almost immediately. And, I mean, I kind of find myself wanting to root for her, like, gaining more self-confidence and learning how to actually control her powers. I mean, so, anyway, these are all things I would expect to feel about a protagonist, and I honestly feel like Noelle should have been the protagonist. I mean, she has everything she needs to make for a solid character arc, and Tabata could have easily retooled this series. Uh, I mean, Riff is all, like, weird obsessed with smug nobles. Where, instead of it being about Asa right to be the wizard Hokage or whatever, it could have been said, but a story about Noelle gradually becoming attached to the Black Bulls, even though they're quote-unquote commoners. And learning to accept them as her real family over her really terrible family. But nope. Okay, but nope, we have Asa. And, and before anyone says, oh, I don't think they'd ever do a mainstream gem series with a female lead, I will kindly direct you to the promised Neverland and the fact that it actually outsold Black Clover this year, so there you go. Boy, how happy do you feel about that? <laughs> All right. I, I wanted to bring that up sooner or later. I, I figure I'd give you your soapbox before we start predictions. Now, Jet, tell me, do you have predictions for uh, your girl, Noelle? Uh, yes, my prediction was Electa Stipton. I can see it very much so. Uh, Roots? Jill Harris. I can definitely see that very well. I'm on luck. Thank you for your contribution. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. As for uh, the predictions I'm going off of Megan's list, uh, she had two for uh, Noelle. She had Jeannie Tirado and Alex Moore. As for the actual voice actress of our main heroine of the series, that would be, in fact, Jill Harris. Oh, wait. Jill what? Harris. What? I, I got it right? Wait, you didn't know? You didn't know that? No. Yeah, you, you, you got it right. <laughs> All right. Congratulations. <laughs> Such a genuine reaction. That was funny. Play okay. the Price is Right music. <laughs> da, 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 I never da, get things right. As for Jill Harris, you've heard her in such other performances as Lummy from Fairy Tale, Sakura... Kiyoshiki from Assassination Classroom, Chio Yumihara from The Disastrous Life of Psyche K, Aura Bella Fiora from Overlord, and my personal waifu, Hifumi Takimoto from New Game. Quick little tangent for a second. I like Lummy... Okay, I, I actually... No, I won't go on that tangent. That's a, that's a rant for another time. Boy, that character was weird in fairy tale. Anyways, Jet, tell me what you think about Jill as your girl. Okay, so Joe's performance sounds really great so far. She sounds like a very natural fit for the character. I mean, and again, I mean, and again, getting into like why I like this character so much. Like, she, like I really like the way she kind of sold the way she really kind of sold uh, Noelle's whole struggle to control her powers thing. I mean, like when she, like when she had that whole breakdown when she was like training by herself in the woods and she couldn't get anything to work right. Like, I really. I really fell for her, and I was really impressed with how well Jill so that that was, like, really on point. So, I think she's a great fit for the character, and I hope she continues to do her justice. Mm-hmm. Roots? Yeah, much the same. I, um, I like her sort of snobbishness in the, in the beginning of the arc during the tournament, and then 
<clears throat> like, she actually has to learn to get along with everybody by the the last dub episode we had before we started recording. Uh, what was that? Seven, eight? Uh, uh, it I think it was seven. Okay, eight episode tomorrow. seven. Yeah, I, um, I, I really like the character. And I, I agree with Jet, she would have been a much better protagonist than Asta. It's because, she, ironically enough, she can't hit the notes that Asta can in her voice. But, actually, you know what, that's not, that's not a knock against Chill, that's a knock against Noel. Noel can't scream get aim to top Asta. Nobody can scream to top Asta. Uh, Black, thank you very much. Amon? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I enjoyed her a lot. I, um, I think she, she lucked out. She has the character who probably is the most obvious, like, arc currently. And I thought she, uh, stepped up to the bat to do that. Uh, I enjoyed her a lot. I thought she, she brought off both the, like, kind of, you know, haughty, snotty, I'm a noble, I'm much better than you aspect of the character. And also the, like, I am deeply insecure about my flaws part of the character. It was Dude, nice. you just wrote a Nicki Minaj, like, lyric like that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Look, there's no shame, Amon. There's no shame. Let's face it, we've all said and done so much worse. But yeah, yeah no. This is um, true. I, I really like Jill Harris as Noelle. I think she does have a lot of versatility to her snobby, bitchy attitude of this character, but also showing like her her strength and resolve, as well as like her insecurities and like egg warmth and softness as well. I think she's a pretty natural fit for this noble gal and i'm very excited to see and hear more from her as the series goes along but sometimes it we can't talk about somebody who is struggling to with their abilities sometimes we need to talk about the big dick g the best of the best the cream de la creme the dopest motherfucker in the entire room let's talk about you know you know is Asta's rival, not Quote friend, not childhood friend, his rival. I always thought it was weird that they specifically said his rival. Like, we get it. You know, you're trying to jumpstart that phase, but just <laughs> let him be his friend and his rival, you know? Fighting okay, Shonen is just getting too meta. That would imply he was a character. <laughs> oh! <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing a little bit of salt. Would you like me to top off your fries, sir? <laughs> okay, uh, uh, it, it's fine. I'll get to that when I get to that. Okay. So, as regards for uh, predictions, uh, who did you gentlemen have? Okay. Uh, for for this, I picked David Mills because, honestly, because also by logical words, anyone who could do a good brooding voice could do this character, and David Mills hasn't had a, like, a really major anime role yet. So I figured, why not? <laughs> what do you mean, not major role? He's the lead in Nanbaka. Uh, okay, uh, okay, I'm sorry. And my, he's my the lead brain, in my, that... okay, my, my brain farted and I haven't seen the and Nanbaka he's, he's the I'm lead sorry. in Nanbaka as the brooding, like, emo voice. He would I see the logic you came up with completely. Okay, I'm I'm sorry about that. I haven't actually seen Don Buck. Oh no 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 no! I'm not I'm not like I'm not like I'm not like putting you on the cross or anything like that. You know, because he's from a church. Hey, no, but like straight up, I see the logic, and I think actually Damon Mills would have been a solid fit. Roots. Ba 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 da ba. Rico Fajardo. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I um, I chose Rico Fajardo because um. 
Honestly, because of uh, Grimgar. Yeah. yeah Similar no. character archetype, you know. Uh, so I, I, I thought his voice would really fit. Alrighty then. Uh, let's see. Uh, other two gentlemen. I promise you'll have more to say after this. It's just... You've, you've been very good in here tonight. I apologize. Alright. Um, as for uh, the predictions, I'm looking off of Megan's list. Uh, she has... For you know, Alejandro Saab or Haller, Howard Wong. And I think I see the logic for both of these, but I it definitely... I, th- I think I remember hearing that, like, uh, Alejandro definitely wanted to play a part in this series, so I can see the logic there. Um, as for the actual uh, voice of Yuno himself, that goes to uh, veteran actor Micah Solusad. Uh, Micah Solisad, you've heard in such other shows as Soul Eater Evans from Soul Eater, Yuichiro Hyakuya from Seraph of the End, Yukine from Noragami, Midnight from Fairy Tale, and the older, grown-up version of Kobe from One Piece. Now, Jet, would you like to... I'm going to present you a little bit of a soapbox here. You're, I'm going to let you stand on this box. Tell us what you think about Yuno. Alright, okay, so I guess this would be a lot of point where folks are expecting me to get super angry, but instead, I'm just going to pose a very simple question to all of you guys. Can anyone do for me at least three distinctive traits about Yudo that have nothing to do with Asta? Fuck. He used to cry a lot. <laughs> so, okay, he's okay, good so... at magic, um, he, he's good at magic... And... You're, you're pulling the Mr. Plinkett like scenario on. You him are right exa- you are He's pulling good at magic. Mr. Plinkett. He's good at magic. He's he, 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 and the reason why wow, is, yeah. Because anyway, my, okay, so anyway, my point is that you kind of can't. And the reason why is that you know, honestly, isn't really a character. He, in, in truth, he's mostly just a tool so that Asa will have a quote-unquote limitation to surpass. But Asa doesn't actually have any real limits, so Yuno's basically just here because a shorter protagonist is expected to have a rival, I guess. I mean, in fairness, rivals are so, so supposed to be tools in a sense and kind of serve as a form of motivation for protagonists to improve. But at the very least, they're generally expected to serve as a kind of foil in a way. Yudo almost does, but the fact that there's no real conflict between him and Asa other than their personalities being slightly different, and the fact that Yudo openly and the fact that Yudo openly acknowledges Asa from the very beginning kind of undercuts any real chemistry they can have. So their whole dynamic just kind of comes off as well boring. And then the fact that Yudo pretty much has the personality of a piece of cardboard doesn't really help much either. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm pulling the soapbox from under you, but uh, thank you very much for talking. Okay, now tell okay, us about Micah. Okay, okay. so with all that in mind, there wasn't really a whole lot for Micah's also to work here, other than doing his best hottie anime voice, anime boy voice, but uh, Micah's also is very good at those kinds of things, and uh, he's very good at the whole broody characters, um, so I was very happy with his work here, I thought he did a solid job. And then again, I kind of wish this had gone to, like, someone less known, just because I don't think there's really enough to the character as is, so... 
I mean, so, I mean, so, so going to someone newer would have been kind of nice, but... It, in I fairness, mean, I think that logic was more applied to Asa in both languages, while I think in Japanese uh, as well, uh, Yuno was played by a big name Seiyu. Yes, yes, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. Okay, but anyway, Michael Salazar has done a pretty good job so far what he's been given. I mean, I mean again, there's not much to Yuno as a character, but Michael Salazar will keep on being Michael Salazar, and that's just fine with me. All right, Roots. Um, I, I largely agree with Jet, honestly. Um, like, there isn't a lot to Yuno's character, like, at all. He's good at magic. And magic is everything! <laughs> did you know magic is everything? Please I tell me more. I did not know magic is everything, but apparently magic is everything. Anyway, uh... Hashtag I, magic is everything. <laughs> Alright, I'm getting a little off track here. Um, I, I think for what the character had going for him so far, uh, Micah's doing a really good job. He's cold, he's brooding, and yet is... Absolutely loyal to Asta, no matter what, and uh, and Micah portrays that very very well. All right, Lack, you've been quiet for a little bit, buddy. Thank you very much for being patient. Please tell us about what you think about Yuno. Uh, well, you know the funny thing is, Asta. I do sure. know. Please tell me more about what you know about Yuno. <laughs> <laughs> What I was going to say was, Asta wouldn't shut up, so I didn't even have time to notice that, that Yuno didn't have a personality. Uh, <laughs> this but, is true! This is true! Yeah. But, yeah, no, this is, these are the kind of roles Mika just excels at, and I'm not, that's not like a backhanded compliment of like, well, you have no personality, but... Um, no, I, I really do mean that these are the type of roles that he is really good at, you know, you know Johnny on Bosch is really good at, and... It, it all really comes together, and I think the fact that he is in the role helps Yuno a lot, because I, I feel like any other voice... I think uh, plenty of other voice actors in the role would have been fine, but I, I think because of the fact that these are the kind of roles that he excels at, I think it really helps the character. You know, so... Alright. Yeah, that's pretty fair. That's pretty fair indeed. Uh, Amon? Uh, I agree. I think Micah does, like, he's very well cast. This is the kind of character he is very good at doing. Um, and I think he does a pretty good job, given that, as we noted, Yuno is good at magic. And has a bunch of other traits that I think might be interesting if they play into that and flesh it out, but I'm not sure they're even going to bother going in that direction, so that might be wishful thinking on my part. But Like, the most interesting thing to him, to me, is that he is a poor boy with the talent in a rich man's world. Nobody... Oh yeah, no, like, the other, the only other thing I'd say he has is that I get the feeling he does not like the group he's in very much, because they're a bunch of rich assholes. He's just a poor boy, <laughs> he needs no sympathy. Real talk, he's the somehow entire world... gotten a rich fraternity. Yeah, and he does. I don't think he likes it there. Okay. Meanwhile, Last ends up in Animal House. It's really worth noting that those are all anime original scenes. I'm pretty sure. Oh no, they. I think they are. At least, at least the one I'm thinking of we've seen already is not in the manga. I don't think. It's just yeah, yeah. But my point being, I think for what he has to work with, I think Micah does a very good job, and I think he provides a very good contrast to Asta's actor. So when they do have scenes together, like there's a there is a nice back and forth there. So, I enjoyed it. All right. 
I do also enjoy Micah Solosad, as you know. I, I agree with Lack that I think this is a kind of character and a kind of role that he is particularly accustomed to and does very, very well. I am quite enjoy it a lot. Uh, he, 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 I want to say he has fun with the character. I want to say he enjoys playing the character. He probably does. You know gets to be cool. You know is cool. And he's... I'll say this. The one scene that genuinely made me think, you know, actually does have some personality is when they're, like, when they're walking in the festival later, they're walking to, like, the testing thing, Asta's like, yeah, I'm gonna do the best, thanks for wishing me luck, and Yuno's just whispering under his breath, you don't know him, you don't know him, you don't know him, (laughs) and honestly, in that moment, I'm like, you know what, Yuno, you are a character I treasure immediately. Just from the simple thing of, oh god, I don't want to be seen with this loudmouth idiot. <laughs> and I thought that was worth mentioning. But I'll say the, hey, this, I'll save this more in final thoughts. Everybody in this world is a rich asshole, and I don't believe people like this would actually act like this. I don't know, maybe I'm just still riding the high that is the very uh, smart, sophisticated, really interesting, layered world-building dynamic that is My Hero Academia, but in a world where everybody is just rich and poor and sad, rich, evil assholes of noble rank, or poor and poor and sad. I I, I don't know, I guess, I guess I like you know at least being a little better than a cardboard world in it. Anyways. It's the Alphas versus the Deltas. Yeah. It's basically, either that, I still like Micah Solosad. And Asta is a beta. No, anyway. Anyways, he's not a beta. Let's talk about Asta himself. Asta, the Alpha and the Omega himself. I'm sorry. Did I say Alpha? I meant the Alpha! <laughs> yes, yes. The, char- the lead character of the show... That has sparked many a memes from his <laughs> counterpart. That is his Japanese voice. So let me just say this right now. When we go into predictions and we go into discussion of the actor. Actually, uh, okay, did, I'll let you finish your thought and then I'll say something. Okay, so. I, I just want to say this. When we're discussing our predictions and we're discussing the actual actor himself, I do not want the entire discussion to be, he's better than the Japanese. I want to have a little more something that just, he's better than the Japanese. I have actual words about the performance. Thank you. But for now, let's hear about what you may have had as predictions for little Asta himself. Well, uh, I just wanted to say something really quick. I, I wanted to, because I was curious, because I knew about this whole thing about Asta's Japanese voice actor being, you know, loud and obnoxious, and I... I was looking, and I found it interesting that the OVA that um, that Zemek did actually had different um, voice actors. Uh, so I, I was like, oh, so that's why like nobody was talking about this when the OVAs came out. So, yeah, it was a completely different cast, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that happens a lot with a Jump Fest OVAs. Fun fact about Jump Fest OVAs, like, you want to know who did the original Hunter x Hunter Jump Fest OVA? Freaking oh. period. Para. You know, that's not that's not the one I thought you were gonna mention. I thought you were gonna bring up the fact that Ufotable 
almost did Toriko. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that did happen. I'm so like eternally salty about that. But... Also, really? yes, production IG almost. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Jay. You can. You can yes, yes, Ufotable almost in Toriko, and it was much, much, much better than a toy adaption. Like, dear God. <laughs> and, um, Production IG almost did One Piece. Wow. Yeah, to think what could've, could've been. But, I'll say this, in regards to, uh, in regards to predictions, uh, I could say Megan here had both Orion Pits and... I think I also had this one myself, or I would have picked this one myself, Clifford Chapin. Yeah, that that would have been my prediction too, honestly. All right, uh, Jet. Okay, I mean, okay, so like, okay, for from the moment I knew knew this was going to get an anime, I had pretty much one voice in mind, and that was great, and that was Greg Aries because. Asta is very loud <laughs> because Asta is very loud and annoying. And Greg, and Greg Aries, like again, this isn't like a knock on him. This is just like how he, like, generally does roles. But Greg Aries is like very good at playing loud and obnoxious characters. So I figured he'd be a good fit here. I mean, but then when I thought about it more, I figured, okay, this probably shouldn't go to Greg Aries because, like, everyone knows who he is. This should go to someone less experienced. Um, so I actually said Orion Pitts because I was really impressed with Orion Pitts and Grimgar. And that was a similarly obnoxious character, so I figured he'd be a good fit. Roots. Okay, so when I did my predictions, I set a major ground rule for um, Asta and Yuno. I would not cast anybody Funimation had cast in a Shonen Jump adaptation before, or you know, of the like, for for the lead or the rival. Like everything was going to be clean slate. So, you know, no Todd Habercorns, no no Clifford no. Chapins, no right, right. no Justin Briners. So I also went with Orion Pitts. I also had Alejandro Sub, and um, for a time I also had Greg Ayers. Alright. Alright. And I'm on Lack, second verse, same as the first. I have a I have a pointless joke prediction, I can tell you. That's about it though. Shoot. Uh, I think Asta should be paid by a bad knockoff Italian sports car with a motor problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, just just mic yeah. that sucker and hit record. There you go. Boy, <laughs> you could argue that's what it was in Japanese, but that's a that's another thing for another. What? Black, black uh, all right, we'll make it form. sound like Roids and posts. By the way, Amon, did you go back and listen to it in Japanese after you heard it first in English? Uh, yes. Did this man blow his throat out before he started recording? Because he sounds, <laughs> like, he sounds sick. Like, that was the thing, that thing wasn't got to me. It wasn't even the volume of obnoxious. He just doesn't it's, it's, sound okay, well. I mean, I mean, I'll be, I mean, I'll be a little bit fair. I'll be a little bit fair to say, like, okay, okay, this, okay, this thing was, like, a very new actor. This is, like, his first major role. So he's probably okay. So he's probably being directed to scream all of his lines, mm. and I guess he doesn't yet have the experience to know how to tone it down a bit. So that seems very plausible. Here's the thing: I, I'm not even faulting the Seiyu or saying the Seiyu is bad. I'm actually kind of applaud the ballsy decision that is to cast a new Seiyu actor as your jump lead actor. That's a cool thing to do. It's just whoever's directing him does not know how to quite tell him how to tone his voice down and that's definitely rough and i mm. really do hope he gets opportunities and doesn't just become a laughing stock because that would be a damn damn shame and you know 
I, give him a Mazinger series. He'd be fine in there. So. <laughs> I do have a little bit of amusing though with the uh, with the Seiyu. I All wonder right. if the English dub is going to affect how the Japanese version will be performed later on. And and how I it, don't know how it's going, how it's being received right now. But I, I guess I can get to that a little further when we get to the actual thoughts. Okay, but for now, let us reveal who is in fact the voice of Asta. Asta is being played by Dallas Reed. Dallas Reed, oh, ho, ho. you'll have heard in such other roles as Suzuha from Noragami Aragoto, Seitaro Tanabata <coughs> from Nanbaka, Hideki Nishimura or Rusian from Netoge, <laughs> Young Gil Tesoro from One Piece, and because Megan told me I have to pronounce this in full, Yamato no Kami Yasusada from Token Ranbu Hanamaru. Now, Jet, let's start you off. Our famous, famous fanboy of Asta. I mean, okay, so this time around, I will talk about the performance before I talk about the character because I want to be as fair as I possibly oh, can about actually, this. Actually, here's the, here's the thing. Um, let's, try, let's challenge ourselves a little. Let's talk about Asta's character in final thoughts and only talk about the dub performance. Okay, that's fair. That's good, because that's the only one I watched. So, I say yeah. that because, <laughs> let's be honest, most of my problems and beef with the show comes down to Asta as a character. So, to make this a little fair, let's just discuss the dub voice for this segment. That's, uh, that's, okay, that's fine. Alright, okay, so, when voice actors have, okay, so as I was saying before when we were talking about the ADR direction, uh, when voice actors have to take on, like, these really big characters, again, it can sometimes take a little while for them to find their own groove to, like, really make their own mark with the character, and, like, even a really good dub usually needs a couple of episodes before actors can get things down to a T, but Dallas Reed's also is one of those rare instances where, that, where voice actors just kind of nails the character right from their very first line, and... I was really impressed with just how strong he came out of the gate running. Like, he does a great job of getting across Asa's loud and obnoxious attitude, while not blasting it to the point of sounding insufferable like his Seiyuu counterpart. Uh, but he also knows how to scale it back a bit and deliver on some rare, quiet moments, which really did a lot to tell me on the performance. Like, I wouldn't go as far as to say it made me like Asta, but it definitely made him a lot more tolerable. And there's also not a whole lot more I can really ask for, so... Good on you, Dallas Reed. I am very impressed. Keep on doing what you're doing. Great job. All right. Roots? I, I very much agree with Jed on this one. Um, I, I'm, I'm about to do a horrible impression. This is what I think... <clears throat> this is the impression I got with, um, with Japanese Asta. Oh, no. I'm taking the headphones <clears throat> off. Yeah. Might be a good idea. Down a little bit. Let me know when you guys are ready. Do it, fam. Blow the fucking dynamite. I'm Dr. Roxo! The rock and roll clown! I do cocaine! I got a really big Dr. Roxo vibe from Japanese Asta. When I made that connection, it made the subversion like... 
a thousand times more tolerable. <laughs> but, um, okay, getting back to Dallas Reed, though, I, I had to make that joke at some point during the episode. I'm glad um, you did. Thank you. Thank you. Like, Continue. Dallas Reed is just wonderful as Asta. It's it's actually one of my favorite performances of the dub. Like, he he gets Asta to the point where he's he's loud and obnoxious most of the time, but when the character has to be quiet, has to have, you know, more emotion to him than enthusiasm, he's actually been able to pull it off really well. And I, I really have to give Dallas Reed a lot of props for this. Also, Chris George, because, you know... Voice acting is a collaborative effort, and I I can't really give all of the credit here to Dallas Reed. This must have taken at least several goes to get something that that worked as well as the performance we got in episodes one through seven. Mm. And uh, yeah, that that's my piece because I'm kind of. I afraid. think that yeah, that was very well said, and I'm sure your voice probably really hurts a little bit. Yeah, understand. All right. So, Lack, what do you think of Asta? Or uh, well, first thing th- I want to say, Dallas, I thought they recorded in Austin. <laughs> da, 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 da. Hey. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I think I actually totally agree. I think the the best part about his performance was the fact that he understood when Asta needed to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and calm down but i think the only problems i have are inherently with the character not with the performance um i think he he sounded perfectly good i i think he he had the right kind of sound for asta for this type of character for better or worse but in in all seriousness yeah i i genuinely think um this was a great choice for this character and i think uh i think dallas knocks it out of the park so, mm-hmm. all right, Amon. Um, I really enjoyed this. Like, he might be my favorite thing in the entire show. I really yeah. enjoyed his performance. Uh, no, I just I, I really liked it. Like, he's good at doing the like amped up, over hyperactive stuff, but it never gets like tiresome to listen to or exhausting. And he does give range to the character voice. It's also just nice because um. What is it? The first thing I ever saw him in was a show I did for this podcast, actually. A very unremarkable um, harem show called Show Me Sample. Where at the time, I thought he was did a very nice job with basically nothing. And it's nice to see that that has paid off in the long run, and he's now the lead in what's probably going to be a pretty big hit for Funimation. So, it's nice, nice to see him moving up in the world. Doing big I, stuff. I kind of agree with you, where it's like, this isn't the first time we've talked about Dallas Reed. This is probably the first time we've seen him lead in a show of this big size, and I genuinely think that's pretty goddamn neat. So even like if he's not quite like this is his first role, he's still relatively new in the landscape that is Funimation voice acting, so to land a big role like this is pretty cool, and I'm very happy for him. As for the way he performs it, I do agree. He does a stellar job at getting Asta's character down, managing to really, like, get the anger and, like, the hyperactiveness down, but also knowing when to be, like, subtle and quiet. And I do agree, this must have taken a long time to get down right. 
and I applaud both, like, the direction and the acting on them for Asta in English. So, real talk. All For all I will say about the character of Asta, and for all I will say about Black Clover, in the next couple of minutes, I want you to know, Chris George and Dallas Reed, if you are listening to this, none of my problems are with either of you. Because if exactly. anything, you are my saving graces when it comes to watching and covering this show. Now, as for this show, Jet, this is your battle. You're going last. Dang it. I know, <laughs> but doesn't it feel cathartic to finally go last and be like, yeah, I need to get this all out. Let's go with your next roots what did you think about black clover's dub and show and oh, asta boy. as a character uh is just just a shit character i'm i'm sorry but um in all seriousness like the show itself is basically built on the back of just about every other shonen jump adaptation that has come before it uh it it and unlike stuff like My Hero Academia, which take these, take the tropes of, of the past, work new spins into it, and then present it in um, with amazing animation and and just high-quality performances. <clears throat> and I, I don't mean, like, like vocal performances. I mean uh, character animation, all that, <clears throat> and, and story writing. This kind of took the other route, where it's just... It, it, it's kind of fill in the blank. It's like it's like the show that hasn't quite adapted to the current anime climate and is still trying to be Bleach in regards to anime. Yeah, but um, I I have to say the dub takes what is available to it and refines it to uh, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna say this is a turd. You, you you know the analogy you can't polish a turd. Um. It's the show as a show to me, because I, I haven't actually read the manga itself. Um, it's just good enough. So, um, OK, but in any case, um, moving on to the dub, it is very well executed, very, very solid performances across the board. And um, it's actually one of the more enjoyable experiences of the season. And there are extremely good dubs this season as well. Um, you know things things like stuff I'm not gonna not gonna be on episodes for uh, Junie Tyson and Ancient Magus Bride, but this is this has been a very very high quality season for Funimation. I have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Lack. Uh, for overall. Uh, overall, for dub, for dub, for show, for Asta, <laughs> uh, for the love of none waifu, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, what can I say? I only saw two episodes. I tend to be, I tend to follow the three episode rule, so I don't know how episode three goes. Maybe things improve in my eyes. For right now, I'm not feeling it. But as far as the dub is concerned, it's it's perfectly fine. Borderline, go, you know bordering on great but um the i guess 
I, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's just like because of the fact that I didn't have much emotional attachment to the series as a whole, the dub didn't really jump out at me either. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's pretty much all my thoughts. So, All right. Amon? It probably finds dub, uh, Black Clover kind of fascinating for the wrong reasons. Um, it reminds me a lot of these kind of throwbacky revivalist rock groups I enjoy, where the whole gimmick kind of the whole gimmick is like they're obviously derivative of some old band that hasn't existed for twenty years, and that's kind of why you like them. And Black Clover is weird because I get that vibe, but everything it's aping from is stuff that's either still running or isn't that old, and I'm not sure what to make of that. I, I find it. I don't know, like, it, it, it's, like, kind of not great, but it's also, like, oddly fascinating. Um, but I also think the dub elevates a lot of what is good in it. And I think, um, you know, particularly, like, compared to, like, some other kind of, like, perfectly okay shonen shows I've seen recently, I found Black Clover oddly compelling for reasons I couldn't quite put my finger on. And I feel the dub has a lot to do with that. Like, I was very happy with this, and I'm, I have a lot of respect for everyone who put work into this, because this is a very good final product. Alright, so, as for um, the dub itself, I will say, I enjoyed it quite a lot. It was a pretty stellar, high-quality dub. I will agree with you, Roots. This has been an extremely strong simul-dub season for Funimation, and even in a show that I have so much beef with in Black Clover, I think the direction, the writing, and the character performances really do a lot to elevate my opinions of this show and i'm going to be honest i can only watch black clover in english i so i thank them for doing this and this really makes it so that i can experience this show and this series but this show and this series is i remember we once had a discussion jet where it was very clear that both black clover and my hero academia could be compared to Naruto, as in both of them come from the branch of the success off of Naruto, and there's two distinct differences. One is that one takes the formula and refines itself into finding its own identity, carving its own unique individual, where My Hero Academia has a lot of elements from Naruto and has become its own thing, while Black Clover feels like it's so, so much trapped in the shadow of its contemporaries that it really doesn't seem like it wants to be anything else but the status quo and man oh man is the anime adaptation not doing that adaptation any favors because boy if you want to talk about the status quo let's go back to long-running anime that pads it out to the point of exhaustion and annoyance to where we are literally as of nine episodes into the series, they have barely even gotten past the first volume, as an FYI, and just the point where... Uh, Asta sucks! God! Asta sucks! This character is so annoying! He's so goddamn obnoxious! And I'm, I'm sorry I doubted you, Jet! He's a goddamn... Gary's stew to a T. Fuck. Ugh. I don't like Black Clover. But you know what? I've been wanting to do Black Clover because, frankly, this is something I've shared a lot talking about with bitching with my friend Jet. And it's only right that Jet has the final word. <laughs>
Okay. Alright, so again, I will talk about the dub before I go into my full thoughts here. I mean, so again, as far as the dub goes, like, Funimation obviously had a lot riding on this, for reasons we all know. I mean, eh, but, and they really delivered here. Like, this is an incredible sounding dub, like I said before. And it's amazing how strong this dub came out of the gate running. Like, all the characters sound on point, the direction's really good, the writing's solid. And honestly, and, I, and honestly, if I liked the show, this would probably be one of my favorite Sabadons from this season. So, like, and given how much competition there is for this season, that that is saying a lot. Uh, but alas, I do not like this show, so there you go. Alright, uh, so a lot of my thoughts on Black Clover kind of tie to Asa himself. So I will again pose another odd question. So, say you're a shonen mangaka, and you want to write a underdog protagonist for an action series. Do you A. Give your protagonist a weak power that they will have to make up for versatility, B. A strong power that they have to gradually learn how to control, or C. A game-breaking power with no real limitations other than the protagonist's willpower. Now, if you chose A or B, you then you're like most shonen mangaka, and you understand how to build up your protagonist. If you chose C, then you're Yuki Tabata and you have a very serious problem on your hands. The series may try to desperately convince you that Asta is a scrappy underdog who has to climb his way to the top, but he really isn't. When the protagonist seems weak but secretly has the best power that can't be measured by normal metrics of how abilities in your world are supposed to work, that character is not an underdog. That character is a Gary Stew, and that is not a claim I make lightly. I mean, sure, some characters might look down at Asa, but there generally aren't any real limitations presented to him that he cannot overcome by sheer willpower alone. And a few times the story does present him with possible hurdles, Tabata always gives him some kind of easy way out that ultimately makes him look better. Heck, Episode 6's climax is a perfect example of that, because there's a brief moment where Asa has to do an attack that he instinctively knows, somehow, it's too fast for him to block, but even though it's too fast for him to block and he's apparently screwed, he manages to deflect the attack anyway. Why, you ask? Because he's Asta, that's why. I mean, honestly, the, the waiting for Asta is something I'd expect to have a light novel protagonist. And perhaps if Black Clover was a light novel, Asta would bother me less, but nope. Asta is in Shonen Jump. The same Shonen Jump that gave us characters like Naruto and Deku who really demonstrated how hard you have to work to achieve your dreams. And the fact that Asa is supposed to be derivative of those kind of characters, while not actually practicing what he preaches in any real capacity, is honestly really infuriating. As well considered to be not just a bad protagonist, but the single worst protagonist who ever covered a successful jump series, and I am honestly just really appalled he somehow made it in. I do not like Asta. And Asa, like, and Asa pretty much sums up most of my problems with Black Clover, because... Uh, because if Black Clover was an ensemble thing, maybe it would bother me less, but no, it is centered around Asa. Asa is the sun and the moon in this universe. Almost all the characters revolve around him. Almost all their development happens through him in some way. You cannot get through this series without Asa, and Asa is pretty much at the core of everything that sucks about this show. And that's kind of the problem. If you don't like Asta, you really don't like the show. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I think with that, we can call it a night. Thank you for that, uh, Jet. I know that's been a long time coming. But... We did I, it! I will say, 
If you would like to, in fact, watch the dub of Black Clover, you can watch it over on Funimation.com, or you can watch it on the Toonami Anime Block on Adult Swim and Cartoon Network. How did this happen? I understand how it happened, and I'm not going to argue that thing, but you know what? My salt aside... I think people can and still find enjoyment out of this series. I have problems with it, but you know what? It is a completely serviceable and enjoyable series. It is fun, and you can find... You can honestly do so much worse and so much, like, actually terrible it, infuriating. It's gonna be... Okay, yeah, I will go on record as saying you can do worse. This is why I said successful jump series, because I've seen a lot of... Because I've seen series with worth protagonists, but all those failed after like ten chapters. Yeah, that's that's the thing about reading <laughs> Jump is that it is it is a you make it or you don't industry where you see the ones that have the potential and the intrigue get axed off really quickly. That's what happened to Horikoshi for literally two manga before he suddenly got lucky with his third being My Hero Academia, and yeah. So. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be the gateway anime for a lot of the n new generation. It's like so. I think the reason I judge it so highly is because My Hero Academia to me also is a gateway, but it's also a quality series. Well, me. I mean, okay, anecdote time, anecdote time before anecdote, we anecdote before we wrap before this we... up. Right. Um, my seven-year-old nephew actually likes this show. Okay. That's, I, I, I have no problem with that. Not, like, not I, to I, mention I, I, My Hero Academia, but... Alright. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I have no problem with that. I totally understand why people would like this show. That's, I mean, on its own, it is an okay starter show. They're like, my problems with this show are, like, almost entirely personal. I think the reason, <laughs> like, it, it is an okay, enjoyable time, and it is inoffensive. I think the reason why it bugs me more is the notion that I just got done with My Hero Academia and some of the best material of it in anime form. And in a time where it seems like shounen anime really is improving in quality and storytelling, we go back to a show that is so happy just being the status quo that it kind of annoys me. I mean, let's face facts here. We're probably going to get... Either The Promise Neverland or Dr. Stone, like, next year or 2019. I'm so happy both- Here's the thing. There's promising series that jump that still exist. I'm glad. The thing is, that makes it tricky for advertising, is those are not battle series. My Hero Academia and Black Clover are both the new big battle series. Which is why they're so heavily compared. Which is why I value and enjoy one so much more over the other. Because they are in direct competition with one another. And that's interesting to me. Mm. But you know what? As I said, we've said enough. I will say this. This is a perfectly okay, serviceable, enjoyable show. We just have personal salt and beef with it. But if you do want to watch it, you can watch the dub over on Funimation or on Toonami. And if you want to watch the subversion... I will not judge you. The sub is available over on Crunchyroll. Both sub and dub are available on the Verve streaming platform as well. As for us, if you would like to discover us, you you can check out more of our videos over on Dub Talk Podcast over on YouTube, which you are currently on right this very second. 
Or yeah, there's could... a there's like a little mic red microphone button like at the bottom left. If you click that, you can get to our page. Like, comment, and subscribe would be very appreciated. Or you can follow us on Twitter, uh, Tumblr, Instagram. Our Twitter is the most active. I can say that much. As for me, you can find me over on Twitter at MangaMan9000, otherwise known as Classy Spartan, or as the moderator of the Funimation Discord page. Where can the beautiful people find you, uh, gentlemen? I mean, I mean, okay, so as for me, you can find me on Twitter, Twitter handle at DivineDigger, where, okay, okay, where I have since mostly decided to stop complaining about Black Clover and have instead been preaching the gospel of the promised Neverland, y'all should be reading that instead. Um, okay, and, but whenever I'm not doing that, I occasionally write reviews for my blog, Animation Infinity, or doing... Season reviews for the fandom posts. I'm currently not doing anything this season, though. All right, uh, Roots. All right. Well, you can find me on the Twitter.com at Roots of Justice. Um, all one word, all undercase. Uh, let's see here. I mostly just retweet pictures and videos of pugs and cute animals. Cause oh my god, they're so cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um. I I also show up on the Funimation Discord from time to time, begging them to dub Kaiji. So you can find me there too. All right, Lack. What about where can we find you? You all can find me at LackTheWatcher at Twitter.com. You can find me on YouTube at LackTheWatcher. I'm supposed to be doing anime reviews, but I've fallen a little behind. But I'm gonna try to catch up on that. Um, yeah, you've. You can find my Facebook page, not that it's really doing anything right now. And, um, yeah, that's about it. I've also got a Tumblr that I like posting fun stuff on there. So, also like the watcher, and, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. Now, Amon, where Uh can we find you? And can you give us a song of the day? Yes and yes. Uh, you can find me at Twitter at uh, at AmonDuelUS. Duel is spelled with two U's. Uh, where I retweet things and have a lot of opinions about old comics no one cares about. Uh, it's very sad. Anyways, um, you can also go to my very infrequently updated blog, of The World That's Coming, at worldthatscoming.blogspot.com. And uh, for a song, uh, for a much better example of someone being nakedly derivative, check out the song The Great God Pan by Blood Ceremony. They do uh, sort of 70s metal with a lot of organ and flutes. They're very good. Ooh, that actually sounds kind of cool. I'll have to check oh, that out. Oh, they're great. They're, that they're does sound good. pretty good. They're a good band. Mm. All right. And with that out of the way, I can say, as your captain, uh, good night, everybody, and otaku on, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everybody. Actually, night, you know what? Hang on. Let's see. Let's all scream... At the same time, to end this No, album. man. No, no, I, 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 I've, I've blown out my cords, man. <laughs> Alright. Then it'll just be me. Magic is everything. Magic is everything! Good night. You know! Good night.